about this particular episode. of the Black Mirror series, which I had not seen because I was in a monastery for so long. And so when I came out, I had a lot of catching up to do and I had heard many wonderful things about this science fiction series. So this one episode that really grabbed me it really grabbed me because I felt it had a very strong dharmic lesson. And so I'll tell you about the episode and then how I see it through a dharmic lens. And then we can have a conversation afterward. So the name of the episode is Men Against Fire. And it takes place um, in the not so distant future. And the US military is overseas and they're tasked with protecting these villagers from these feral looking diseased human like people. They call them roaches and these roaches they speak in squawks and screeches and they've been raiding the villagers food supply and contaminating it. So the military is going out to try to find these roaches who are hiding in a farmhouse. And the villagers, they speak a foreign language, but the military has a, you know, they have these uh, interpreters, these translators on their uniforms. That's how they can communicate with the villagers. So there's this new guy, his name is Stripe. And they all go on this raid and they're all gung-ho about finding these roaches and killing them. That's their mission. And while they're at the farmhouse, they get attacked, of course, by the roaches. And the new guy, he shoots one of the roaches. And then he also engages in hand-to-hand -hand combat with this other male roach. And the male roach, to protect itself, it, it holds up what looks like a flashlight, a short metal wand with these three green lights on the end and some wires running along it. So Stripe kills this roach and everybody's impressed that he actually killed two roaches on his first time out. But after this incident, he starts to experience a lot of insomnia and really disjointed dreams and these kind of harrowing flashbacks and to the point where he's not able to exercise and it's affecting his ability to do target practice. So he goes to see the doctor and they run all these tests. They have this um, implant they call mass implant, M-A-S-S. -S. It's like this futuristic way of the military um, doing their plans so that you can, they project through you the scheme of the housing complex or the ranch. So it's a way for them all to communicate and see these plans. It's kind of like um, what I would say the Borg, you know, B-O-R-G, right? This kind of group think with all these visualizations um, projected in front of them. So his, his implant starts to um, affect him a little bit and he has this high pitched squeal going through his brain but the doctor assures him that it's all gonna be okay and that everything is 
is um, fine and he's physically fit. So he goes back out on another raid and one of his friends, one of his friends, his squad leader gets killed by a roach with an automatic rifle. So he and his, um, the other soldier with him, her name is Ryman, they go to try to find this roach, they go into this housing complex and they find the roach and they kill him. And then they start going through the rooms to clear the rooms. And they stripe, he comes across this human woman with a bat and she's terrified of course. And she starts swinging at him and he says, no, don't worry, I'm not, I'm not gonna hurt you. Um, you should get out of here, there's all these roaches. So she runs out into the hallway and his, um, the other soldier, this female soldier, she shoots her and Stripe's like, what are you doing? You killed her, she's a human. And then she, they're going through the complex and they see more people and the woman is shooting them and Stripe is freaking out because she's killing these humans. They come across a mother and son cowering in one of the rooms and just as the female soldier is going to shoot them, Stripe knocks her out of the way. And as she falls, she shoots Stripe in, in the stomach. So he takes the mother and son, he rescues them and he drives them and kind of, he's bleeding. So he slowly is losing consciousness. So the mother takes him out of the Humvee and she brings him into their underground hideout. So Stripe wakes up and he sees in front of them this human woman and her human son, Katharina and Alex. In jumps his, uh, the female soldier and she jumps into the hideout and Stripe is you know, barely conscious and she shoots the mother and son and Stripe freaks out because she just murdered these civilians. And then she knocks Stripe out. So what's going on here? She sees these people as roaches and Stripe sees them as human. So, right, are they roaches or are they human? And since Zen is all about paradoxes and contradictions, <laughs> I'll say yes, they're humans and no, they're not humans. So what happens is we find out if we rewind to the wand, that this roach was holding up, it actually disrupted the mass implant, the neural implant that was in Stripe's brain. So it, it made his, it made his uh, implant malfunction. So he started to see these roaches instead of them seeing them as with swollen faces and shark like teeth and screeching and squawking he actually saw them as humans, as they really were. The implant caused him to misperceive them as these roaches, and he couldn't hear them speak because of the implant. So the implant altered his sensory organs, his eyes, he saw them as roaches, they were not human, he othered them as he was supposed to. He couldn't hear them speak because the implant made them sound like they were screeching and squawking. And also he couldn't hear their screams or smell the blood because all of his senses were deadened by this implant. So that made it easier for him to 
engage in this carnage because his senses were deadened. And when this wand helped to bring his senses back, so now he could smell the grass, he could smell what was going on while he was um, killing these people. So of course, they, after this incident, where he saves these roaches who are really humans, they throw him in prison. And the doctor comes in and tells him, you know, sorry, we didn't tell you about this fault in this implant. You know, you are doing everybody a service. You're, you're killing these people. He's like, they're, you know, they're not roaches. The um, stripes, like they're not roaches, they're human beings. And the doc, the army doctor's like, well, they're a pestilence, their bloodline is impure. So we have to kill them, right? They have cancer, they have genes for MS, for muscular dystrophy. We need to exterminate them to keep the human bloodline pure. So um, Stripe, of course, now has this conundrum where he could either have the implant have the implant come back online again, and then, and then everything would be wiped from his memory. All, all these memories of him getting the implant were wiped by the military. He agreed to all of this. So his choice really is, does he want to uh, have his implant come back online so that he can still continue to kill people, kill human beings, or he could be incarcerated for the rest of his life probably um, but he would be free in the sense that he would no longer be deluded, but he'd be behind bars. So what this, what this um, episode really brought up for me was like, what, what is my karmic implant? Like what, how am I overlaying my filters from my life uh, onto what I'm seeing in front of me, right? Um, so the, the perception or the misperception of all these soldiers Right, caused by the military, they did this intentionally, allowed them to kill these people for the greater good, supposedly, right? And um, this neural implant, this mass MASS implant is a very thick filter, right? You could say it's artificial intelligence and in a way, there's also this artificial intelligence as far as our conditioning goes, right? Our karmic conditioning causes us to misperceive people as being separate, people as not being, not being connected to me. And then our perceptions cause us to have attitudes toward people or situations, right? So we perceive something, we either like this thing we're perceiving of the situation, we either really dislike it or we're neutral about it. So in this case, that implant made all the soldiers hate these roaches, see them as other, which they were perceiving them as, as these monsters. So it made it easier for them to kill them because they were othered. And you know, the Buddha talks about in this Honeyball Sutra, he talks about what causes the origins of conflict, right? So there's a word that I came across uh, called papancha, P-A-P-A-N-C-A. -A -A. It's a Sanskrit word that isn't really clearly defined in, in the Buddhist teachings, 
but it means something like this. It means um, self-view or uh, conceptual proliferation, obsessive and repetitive thinking, exaggeration, distortion. So the Buddha says this is the origin of conflict, that we perceive something, right? We perceive these people as being other. They're perceived as roaches. We think about it, right? These soldiers are really gung-ho about killing these monsters, keeping the bloodline pure. So they're, if you will, forgive me for um, conjugating this word, but papanchizing, right? They're, they're thinking, they're complicating everything. And they are actually becoming the victim of their own proliferations, right? Because that's what happens for humans. We, the mind says something, starts talking to us, and then it starts to respond to itself, right? The proliferating mind is what um, the Theravadan tradition talks about. So we complicate things. And this complication, as I'm sure we've all experienced, can lead to us having a lot of aversion towards somebody or toward a situation because it's going over and over in our mind. It's exagger we're exaggerating things where things are getting distorted, right? We have, um, we can get obsessive. So when you're in this military squad and everybody is thinking the same way about the roaches, speaking harshly about the roaches, killing the roaches because of these implants, and then all of a sudden, stripes implant stops working and now he's the other he doesn't want to do this anymore because he knows it's a lie right so this perceptual process obviously distorted by the military again but this perceptual process can lead to this kind of distortion even if we don't have <laughs> these neural implants right this karmic implant if you will distorts the way we see things so when my eye sees an object, right, it can give rise, like I said, to neutral, pleasant, or unpleasant feelings. So whatever, they, whatever they're perceiving the soldiers, and again, the rest of their senses are kind of deadened, but whatever they're seeing with their eyes, the mind is labeling it. This is a roach. This roach needs to be killed. I'm better than this roach, right? I'm superior to this roach. So they share these fixed views, these fixed attitudes toward these people. And then obviously these people, these roaches are their enemy. So because our minds are so powerful, we can continue just like when you're meditating, right? You have these thoughts are arising. So human consciousness, we can continue to use our imagination after we no longer see the person we dislike, the situation we don't want to be in, right? That's where that proliferation comes in. Oh, I hope I don't see so-and-so. I can't stand her. I can't stand him. I don't want my job anymore. I don't want this car anymore. Like we get all caught up in that proliferating mind, right? The papancha, right? This habit of mind called papancha. So, in a way, I feel like all that, the mind proliferating like that, it's almost like drunken enemies fighting, you know? One, you know, the mind says this and then the mind says that. The mind says this and the mind says that. They're just kind of, stum it's kind of stumbling around the mind, right? 
and we get caught up in it. We become, like I said, we become the victims of our own mental proliferation, right? This is what happens uh, for us. It can happen for us if we're not aware of that perceptual process. So when stripes, when stripes, um, Stripe, when Stripe's implant starts to malfunction, he actually starts to, he starts to perceive the roaches as himself, right? These are human beings, they're no longer other. So instead of firing upon the roaches, he's now protect, he now started to protect them, right? So his thoughts, words, and deeds, his karma is now founded upon more accurate sensory input. And when he's in the hideout with that woman, she says, do you see me how I am? And he says, of course I see you, you're human. And she's the one who explains to him about this implant and that it, it changes all of his perceptions, all of his sensory input. So now he's no longer, um, he's no longer blinded by ignorance, right? One of the three poisons, he's no longer blinded by ignorance. And it's interesting too that the villagers don't have any implants and they still want these other people to be killed because they bought into the society, the societal and cultural beliefs that these people are not worthy to live because they have um, impure bloodlines, right? So this is like a several generations of this lie being perpetuated. So the roaches are actually have the most accurate assessment of what's going on, right? Which is often the case that the truth tellers in our society are often the ones who are most persecuted. So the, the word, the Pali, P-A-L-I, it's a, a language, uh, ancient language that the Buddha spoke in. So the, the, the word for ignorance is uh, avija, A-V-I-J, IA, right? So that means the absence of accurate knowledge, right? Vija means knowledge, avija means the absence of accurate knowledge. So that's what all of these soldiers were missing. They didn't have accurate knowledge. And the same with the villagers, even though they didn't have implants, they all had, um, they all were victims of ignorance, right? This delusion that these people were different. So for me, this, this uh, episode was really pointing to the benefit of practice in exploring what is our karmic implant, right? How am I misperceiving the world, right? How often do I get caught up in the papancha, the stories, this proliferation about what life should be like, what I should be like, what I should not be like? this situation I don't like, this food that I don't really want, right? So all those ways in which we proliferate, the mind proliferates. And there's this one, the saying um, of the Buddha that, you know, people, people delight in this proliferation, but the Buddha does not delight in this proliferation, right? So the practice of meditation, when we're sitting, we get to when the, when the body is stilled, we get to feel that mental agitation, right? That the mind moving and moving. And 
the more settled we become, the more we get to notice how the mind is moving. And these mental states, as you can see, they affect the way we interact with ourselves and the way that we relate to other people. And when we're practicing meditation, we can start to notice more how we get triggered and how we get triggered by thinking, right? So that's what I thought was really uh, the Dharmic lesson of this particular episode is how am I misperceiving the world and how does that cause me to suffer, right? How, how is my karmic implant harming myself and perhaps harming other people? Of course, it's not as easy as having, you know, a wand <laughs> flashed across your face to interrupt your karmic implant. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But maybe, you know, there's the wand of meditation, you know, the magic of the Dharma or something that helps us explore, investigate how um, we might be proliferating, not seeing how things are, at least. For me anyway, at least the practice um, helps with inquiry, right? Starting to inquire and actually really question. So Stripe started to question his perceptions, questioning his reality. And I think that's what meditation helps us with. We start to question what we're perceiving. We start to notice our thoughts, our thought patterns, what thoughts, cause us to suffer, what thoughts cause harm. And really it's not about criticizing or judging ourselves. It's just paying attention with a compassionate awareness. And that's how, that's one way that this type of negative ideation or negative mental thoughts can start to transform. Not by beating ourselves up for, have, for those arising, but just getting, becoming more uh, intimate with our mental states, right? And again, when we're meditating, it's not about pushing away thoughts or grasping onto the thoughts, right? The, the proliferation, the papancha, it's about noticing that proliferation, the papancha, and letting it fall away. It arises, we let it fall away, right? So that's, that's the practice of meditating and working with with thoughts when they arise especially when there's a lot of a lot of stories and i'm curious you know what you would do if you were in this position with stripe stripes position you know would you want to continue the lie of um Continuing this lie of hurting these other people by stepping back into the ignorance of having that implant um, put back online. So you would not even know that you had an implant anymore because that memory would be wiped and you would be part of the squad and you'd have your mission and you'd be going around ignorantly in ignorance, right? Lacking accurate knowledge or the alternative of being free in the body-mind of this delusion that, this, that these people are other, that these people are monsters, but then you're stuck in a cell, 
you're in a, you're in a physical prison instead of a mental prison. Fortunately, none of us has to make that decision. Um, and in the in the show, in case you're interested, you just flash forward to where he's a decorated soldier. So clearly, he chose not to not to um, become incarcerated and have the implant go back online. So um, he chose to live in that ignorance, uh, and. Yeah, so he chose to live in that ignorance. And I think the more we practice, the more choices we can make, right? The choices where we're not so triggered so quickly by our karma and we can respond to the stimuli that's arising. We can respond to what's arising for us internally while something else is coming at us externally. So, Practicing meditation helps us to expand and deepen our container. It's not like uh, all of our problems go away. We just perhaps don't see some things as problems as we saw them before. And this, this uh, saying comes to mind of, I think it was Shanti Deva, the Indian saint. It's impossible for us to put leather around the entire world so that we don't hurt our feet as we're walking barefoot. Or you can just put leather on your own feet, right? It's like you just take care of yourself and not looking to change the world, right? It's like, how do we liberate ourselves here in this body and mind? Because as long as someone else, as long as we think someone else is responsible for our liberation, then we'll never be free because we're not taking responsibility. So for me, the practice of Zazen, of meditation, is how I take responsibility, how I help um, make those, those karmic implants a little less thick, right? Thin out some of those karmic implants with my, my wand of meditation. So... Um, yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to talk about this episode, because I, I found it to be uh, really helpful and directly pointing to not only perception as being our reality, and also let's question our reality, let's question reality, let's investigate perception. And if our actions and our thoughts are causing harm to other people, definitely a place to look. Right, it's a place to take that backward step and look here to see, because um, usually when we're hurting other people or harming other people, it's usually because we are feeling some hurt somewhere. So um, taking that backward step, trying to figure out what our what karmic implant <laughs> is affecting us in that moment, and trying to to work with it and be responsive in the moment rather than reactive in the moment. So, thank you for listening.